Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spirited and spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. I'm very glad to see you here. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in every person. So the way that we greet the divine in our midst is by turning to the person to our right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Will you say with me the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith? Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Our call to worship this morning was written by Alfred S. Cole. You may possess only a small light, but uncover it. Let it shine. Use it in order to bring more light and understanding to the hearts and minds of men and women. Give them not hell, but hope and courage. Do not push them deeper into their theological despair, but preach the kindness and everlasting love of God. A mission is something that has power to guide you if you're working together with other people. This congregation wrote its own mission seven years ago, wrote it on the wall, and we've been saying it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our meditation reading this morning was written in the 1930s by the Universalist minister Max Kapp. For what my eyes have seen these many years, and what my heart has loved, and often I have tried to start my lines, Dear Earth, I say, and then I pause to look once more. Soon I am bemused and far away in wonder, so I never get beyond dear earth. Will you please enter into an attitude of meditation and prayer with me, where we can speak or listen to God as we understand God or listen to our inner wisdom, or just follow the breath as it comes in and out of our bodies. It is in this silent place that we can seek clarity, compassion, understanding, where we can feel that we are loved. Please enter into the wise silence together, understanding that in this congregation, tiny noises of children and Noises of life are part of the silence. I'm going to start by reading you a story from my first, it's not really a story, it's just a thought, from my first book called Rock of Ages at the Taj Mahal. And the story is, the column, the thing is called All Will Be Well. 
All will be well and all will be well and all manner of things will be well. This is one of the mantras used in the Christian meditation tradition. Don't think it comes from a dewy-eyed Pollyanna. The woman to whom it is credited, Dame Julian of Norwich, is the same one who, when her mule got stuck on a mountain road in a rainstorm, dismounted, shook her fist at the sky, and shouted, God, if this is how you treat your friends, it's no wonder you don't have many. Lately, I've been experimenting with repeating all will be well and all will be well and all manner of things will be well. I try it out in different situations. Sometimes I feel stupid affirming that all will be well. And what about things that aren't well and aren't going to get well? It's hard to see the whole picture from where I stand at this point in my life. You know the story of the Chinese farmer who had a fine horse show up in his pasture one day. How marvelous, said the neighbors. Maybe, said the farmer. His son tried to ride the horse, and the horse threw him, breaking his leg. How awful, said the neighbors. Maybe, said the farmer. Then the emperor's army came through town to draft young men to war. The farmer's son was spared because of his broken leg. I can't tell in the grand scheme of things whether things are turning out well or not. To affirm that all will be well is difficult. There are child abusers and torturers and disease and oil spills and a multitude of other horrors in this world. Here's what I do know. I know that I have a choice between hope or despair when viewing the world and my future. Each choice has equal evidence in its favor. Each is affirmed and underscored by my life experience. How do I decide between them? I choose the one thing that brings more joy, more healing, more compassion to my life and to the world. In despair, I'm no good to anyone. I stop functioning. When my mother lay dying of cancer, she said to me, Maggie, everything that happens to me is good. That was a statement of her faith. I was a cynical 23-year-old seminary student, and my mother's faith sounded naive and silly. I was in despair over her suffering, but she was not in despair, and it was her suffering. Suddenly it seemed presumptuous to despair over her suffering when she was choosing not to. As I experiment with this mantra and risk feeling stupid, which is a feeling I despise, I ask myself, which is more stupid? To despair my whole life just in case things aren't going to end well? Or to live in joy and hope my whole life whether or not things are going to end well? I'm going to keep singing this mantra to my fears. All will be well and all will be well and all manner of things will be well. So I'm talking about faith this morning. And... I grew up in the Christian tradition. I grew up in a, a Christian-talking, Bible-reading family. It was everything in our family. You could not have a conversation without it, Christianity. So faith reminds me of all of that. And I, I think of the verse from Hebrews that we used to just say about, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
And I would say it, but now this week, as I read it over and over again and try to think about what it means, I just can't figure it out. I have no idea what it means. By the way, somebody told me one time in another church far, far away, he said, Meg, I love watching a good argument. And when I hear you preach, it's just you up there, but I'm hearing a good argument. (laughs) So I'm afraid today's going to be a little like that. So I thought about what does faith mean for me and faith. I always used to teach that faith meant to act as if, you know, that you act as if something is true. And that is having faith in that thing. And so I act as if I have an inner wisdom that guides me and I act as if the truth will ultimately be revealed And I act as if the other drivers on the road are mostly sober. (laughs) Even though that might not be completely true. There was a writer named Jean um, Newyar, who's a UU, and she wrote a book called Fluent in Faith. And her whole chapter on faith, I struggled to understand. But she talked about experiential faith in the religious education department and how she um, loved this curriculum which allowed the children to make homes for their little treasures. They made nests and they made boxes and um, then they made bigger boxes that they could be in and their friends could be in. And somehow this making of homes for seeds and thinking about homes for animals and homes for your treasures spoke about faith to her. And she tells the story of a rabbi who asked a whole shul full of children at his synagogue, how many of you believe in God? And he said the children just looked at him. And then he said, how many of you have felt close to God? And the hands went up. So when he asked about a lived experience, it was so much easier than asking about something more abstract. What do you believe in? I um, grew up in the Presbyterian Church where what you believed was very important. And we used to stand up and say what we believed. I'm going to say it. That's the first few words of it. So if this is a trigger for you, just put your shields up. You think I'm joking? Um, so we used to stand up every Sunday and we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son. And we'd go on and on the whole Apostles' Creed. And... I tried to believe it. I tried. When I started asking myself, do I really believe this? I was like, "Mm, I don't know. And and my trying, I think I I I tried really as hard as a person can. I went to Princeton Seminary for three years and um, asked my professors and asked the fellow students, and now, how does this work again? (laughs) He died for my sins. I... What if I don't really have, I mean, I'm a really nice person. And I was like, let's start from the beginning, Meg. We are all miserable wretches. I was like, I don't really feel like that. And so toward the end, I started standing up, because I was married to a Presbyterian minister too. Um, I started standing up and saying, they believe in God the Father Almighty. 
got me through for a year or two. And my sister would say, just let it wash over you, Maggie. Just let it wash over you. And I'm not, I'm like, no, I can't. My brain has teeth. And it goes, ah, what? No, ah, no, ah, I can't let it wash over me. We've got to take it apart. So um, I love also the interview with Carl Jung, where the interviewer said, Dr. Jung, do you believe in God? And Carl Jung said, no, I don't believe. I know. I thought, wow, I like that. So is faith, can we reclaim the word faith by just saying, okay, what do we really know? Like Oprah has in her magazine, things I know for sure. What do I know? What, do I, what can I rest in? What's a little nest for me? What is my home? Where do I feel at home? Where do I, um, where do I feel my whole spirit say yes? And my whole body say yes. And sometimes we make faith a choice. Sometimes we just know things, and sometimes a faith is a choice, whether we know for sure or not. And we make a choice of the kind of world we want to live in sometimes. Like when I say we believe that there's a spark of the divine in every human, I want to act as if that's the world I live in. I even want to act as if there's a spark of the divine in every being and in every tree and rock and blade of grass. But then I live in a world also where there's a spark of the divine in the cancer cell. And how do I live with that? I don't know. But that's the world I choose to live in and, and struggle with. So on what do you rely and where do you feel home? And in what do you have faith? Do you have faith in the goodness of other people until they show you otherwise? Or do you have faith in your own goodness? Do you have faith in the ring of truth, something you feel is true in your body and mind? Do you believe in the senses of your body? I did until last month when I pulled out making a left turn and suddenly there was this gray car right in front of me. I had not hit it, but I might have if I'd gone a second sooner. And it was not there before, it just apparated (laughs) right in front. It was that kind of gray, it was this kind of day, and it was that color. But still, you'd like to be able to trust your senses. Many Unitarian Universalists, when asked what they have faith in, they say, I have faith in the community. That's me too. I have faith in this community. And in the community of believers, I have faith that it's not just gathering together that brings us power. But gathering together is powerful. Rabbi Jesus said, where two or three of you are gathered, there I am in the midst of you. So there's something magical about gathering together. And I think gathering together with a shared mission is powerful. And that that brings us a power that we would not have had otherwise. I think it's powerful to have a shared experience. And I think it's powerful to make a shared effort. And it's powerful to share Words and to share songs, and it's powerful to share our stories and to share things we enjoy and go to parties together and we enjoy ritual together and conversation together and shared history. There is power in trying to refine and strengthen our spirits, and there's power in nourishing one another's souls, and there's power in transforming our lives and those of others. and 
There's power in transforming the lives of institutions and cultures. Can we do it all by ourselves? I don't know. Probably not. Can we do it all of us together? Oh, yeah. One of the things about becoming a spiritual and spirited person is broadening our sense of that word, us. So look around you. This is us. But us is also the people who came to the first service, yes? Yeah, and us is also people who have uh, used to come here and then moved away, right? That's still us. And us is people who used to be here and then passed on. And us is people in other UU congregations all across the country, would you say? And us, I want to say, us is people who aren't here yet. People who are yet to be born. People who are yet to move to Austin. And yet they're coming here really fast, so they'll be here soon. (laughs) Are all of those people us as well? I think that we will be here in five years. I think we will be here in 10 years. I think we will be here in 50 years. Most of us look around and go, those of us who are individuals here, we're not going to be here in 50 years, probably. Although maybe some are. I will not be there. I eat too much bacon. I'm trying for my body and my brain to go at the same time. It's a a delicate balance between health and self-destruction. And so the Unitarian Universalist Association is inviting us to think about leaving our legacy, leaving part of our our, uh, treasure to us, to the us who will be here in 50 years. We want to see our values transmitted to the next generation. And yet, as the scholar who lives in my house, Kaya, says in her um, master's thesis on cultural studies, she says each generation hands their treasure to the next generation who then smashes it into pieces gleefully and then builds it back in that generation's own way. Can we trust that the next generation will handle our treasure Do we have faith in that? Do we have faith in us? That's the question I want to ask today. What do you rely on? What do you have faith in? And do you have faith in us? Please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Remember the way of the wind and breathe and blow. Remember the way of the fire and sparkle and glitter and glow. Remember the way of the water.
and ebb and flow. Remember the way of the earth and grow. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.